Next on BYU Sports Nation, it's back and with a new force. The elite debate on BYU wide receiver Mitch Matthews. How does he prove he's elite? Fresh off a gold medal performance in South Korea that was elite, Shaq Walker tells us what's next in his budding career. Plus, Blaine Fowler makes his weekly visit to BYU SN. Tyler Haas back to work tonight and a Mitch Match edition of More or Less. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation live in Radio Vision, presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products, Wednesday, July 15th. Wherever, however you're dialed in, great to have you with us. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with frozen pizza quality inspector, Jerem Jordan. I enjoy pizza. Are there people that don't enjoy pizza? What's the better frozen pizza? DiGiorno or Red Baron? DiGiorno, for sure. I'm a DiGiorno guy. You're a DiGiorno guy? Yeah. You would know you're the quality <laughs> inspector I? of frozen pizza. I have a lot of titles. <laughs> Do you have a favorite one? Not many of which have I give you, any I give meaning. you a lot of titles. Do you have a favorite one? Is there one that comes to mind? Uh, yesterday on BYU Sports Nation, in a minute, you said the self-proclaimed most important part of the show. <laughs> Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. That's a pretty good one. Yeah, that's yeah. It's a long title, but it's it's what it is. It's great to be with the self-proclaimed most important part of BYU Sports Nation Jerry. They call Jordan. me the they call me elite. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. The Bolitnikoff Award watch list is out, given each year to the best wide receiver in college no, football. The most elite receiver. BYU's Mitch Matthews on that list. Hashtag elite. Let it begin again. If he wasn't on that list, it'd be really bad. Of course he was going to make that list. He's a good receiver. BYU's all-time leading receiver in catches, yards, TDs, and all-purpose yards, Cody Hoffman, placed on the Montreal Alouettes six-week disabled list with an ankle injury. Bummer. Yeah, we wish the best to Cody in a speedy recovery. Tyler Haas and the Cleveland Cavaliers Summer League team play tonight, 10 p.m. Eastern. Brandon Davies started for the San Antonio Spurs Summer League team yesterday, played 19 minutes, scored four points, grabbed four rebounds, had a couple of assists and a steal in a win over Portland. And Jennifer Hampson and the L.A. Sparks in action today at 3 Eastern time, early afternoon game, uh, in a WNBA matinee. They play Seattle. Listen, we got to go fast, go hard. Much to discuss. So rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Hashtag elite. So everybody out there, I just want to let all BYU Sports Nation know that uh, (laughs) Mitch Matthews is an elite receiver. And we're back again. We've waited around this morning, seriously, for like a couple of hours, for the Fred Bolitnikoff Award watch list, like a couple of kids on Christmas morning waiting for a Red Ryder carbine action 200-shot range model air rifle with a compass <laughs> in Keep the going. stock and a sundial. Yeah. I just wanted that leg lamp. <laughs> That's all I really want. Why the anticipation? Because we've got reputations on the line, people. With everything that's gone into the elite or not discussion surrounding BYU's top returning receiver, senior Mitch Matthews, we wanted to know if he made the list. And not surprisingly, he's on that list of 48. Why, would, yeah, why wouldn't he be on that list? Of course. 
The dude had, what, 922 yards receiving, 73 catches, nine touchdowns. He should be on the list. It doesn't make you elite if you're on the list. Correct. But it doesn't, yes. doesn't hurt your stock nationally. No, sure. Is he, is he considered, to, to me, you can look at this and go, is he considered one of the top 50 receivers in college football? Yes. There's no argument as to whether he's in the top 50. We're talking about, I don't know what elite is. We still haven't figured this out. We won't. That brings us to our Twitter question. <laughs> Are we going to even figure this out? Okay. The Twitter question. What does Mitch Matthews need to do in 2015 to prove he's elite? Uh, that verb, do. Hmm. It is the verb of the scriptures, isn't it? At BYU Fan 1995. He's already elite. Continue doing what he has done and add to his career stats. Now, his career stats aren't, aren't great in BYU history because his freshman year and sophomore year, he, wasn't, he didn't play a huge role on this team. Cody Hoffman was the man. Okay, Even last year, really nice season for Mitch Matthews. Jordan Leslie is a good uh, you know, combo receiver with him. Cody Hoffman benefited from... Some struggles in the BYU offense where they leaned on him. He was good. Now, Mitch Matthews, to me, if he plays in the Cody Hoffman role, maybe his, maybe his numbers are better, right? But he plays with a decent uh, to good receiving core. I like the receivers BYU has. So is he elite? What does he need to do? That is our discussion today. At TLFB underscore one says this. A thousand yards receiving, one rushing touchdown, an interception, and to beat Jerem Jordan at Super Tecmo Bowl. Well, that's off the radar. One, it's Tecmo Super Bowl, okay? But I get what you're saying. I, I don't know about the rushing TD. I don't think that has anything to do with anything. Okay, the 1,000 yards receiving, however, is kind of a benchmark that is yeah, one you, that we have come up with and dude, discussed at yeah, length. You need 1,000 yards receiving to bottom even line, be considered okay. elite, in my opinion, in the NCAA. Because a bunch yeah. of people do it. Bottom line for me... I I do not need a watch list to validate what I think and know about Mitch Matthews. But it's a watch list. Does Mitch for Mitch Matthews to be elite? Does he have to be a finalist for the Blitnikoff? No, no Semi, semifinalist. There are so many guys drafted that are not top five receivers on the Blitnikoff Award watch list. Diff- do you uh, now? Hold on a minute. Are you saying that he has to be drafted to be elite? Certainly. That's part of it for me. That's okay. a huge measuring stick. Yeah. Is it, your NFL draftability. Huge measuring stick. You can be an elite college receiver and not be a good NFL player or even in the NFL. <sighs> listen, listen, there have been multiple Heisman Trophy winners that didn't even play a down in the NFL. Okay, we're talking about receivers, though. Yeah. If you are an elite receiver in college football, more than likely you're getting you, you'll drafted. You'll get drafted, yes. Was Austin Colley. An elite receiver at BYU. In Absolutely. My, yes. He was really yes. good. Nationally, I he thought was he one was the, an elite receiver. But but because he's 6'2 and and plays at BYU or whatever the reason is, he he's not the fastest dude. He's a, what was he, a fourth round pick? He's fourth round pick. Right? But you got drafted. That hasn't happened very often, which brings us to the stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Four BYU has had four wide receivers drafted in the last 30 years. 30. Austin Collie in 09, Watkins, Todd Watkins in 06, Mark Bellini. Was it Mark Bellini? Mark. Mark. Not Matt. Interesting. Matt in 1987. Brother, yeah. And then Glenn Kozlowski in 85. The last 30 years, you've had four. 
They, listen, this is helpful. This is why We're I showing think if, if you are drafted out of BYU, absolutely you are an elite receiver. Here's how, here's how old some of this information is. We, we're showing a graphic on BYU TV. Two of the guys' headshots are in black and white. That's how long ago wow. it's been. Jeez. <laughs> Here, we've done some research on the last wide receiver drafted from BYU, Austin Colley now playing in the CFL, but had a nice NFL career going until he dealt with some concussion problems. He made the jump from his sophomore to his junior year. His sophomore year numbers are very similar to what Mitch put up last year in his junior year. Austin had 56 catches, 946 yards, seven touchdowns. Mitch had 73 catches, 922 yards, nine touchdowns. All three of those categories, by the way, for Mitch last year were top 50 in the NCAA, which is why he's on the Bolitnikoff uh, Award watch list. Okay, numbers are fun. They're good. They serve a purpose. I love main numbers. But what is Mitch lacking statistically and not statistically to make him elite? Okay, I have a couple thoughts about this. One is 1,000 yards. 36 players had 1,000 yards receiving last year. You've get, not all those guys are elite. You've got to have at least 1,000 yards. Okay? He wasn't that far off. 922 last year, right? He's not that far off. He could do it. You have to have 1,000 yards to be elite. You've got to have 1,000 yards to be considered, even considered in the conversation to me. Elite nationally. Okay? Hmm. Okay. That you, you have to have big moments, too. Okay? Cody Hoffman was not an elite receiver nationally, and he still had some big moments. See, that for me is way bigger than the 1,000-yard mark. Yeah, I didn't say I, whether, it was, I, what, was, whether it was above or not. I don't. I don't if I'm he not has giving you an order. In, if he has 900 yards what, or 1,000, I don't care. But you're right. The signature moments, the big yes. plays in big games. Now, the opportunity is there for him. He, he's going to either shine or fail, right? It's going to be – we'll know after week four if Mitch Matthews is a lean or not. Well, no, there won't be any question. It's not going to be, well, I think so. It'll be yes or no. He's got to have, to me, he's got to have a couple of games where he has 100-plus yards or maybe it's 90, whatever. But he has big moments, big catches, big conversions, big touchdowns, stuff where we say he helped win the game. If, we, if BYU didn't have Mitch Matthews, they do not win that game. Cody Hoffman had multiple games like this where you said, you know what, good thing Cody Hoffman plays for BYU because that happened. And he wasn't even a nationally... Elite receiver. He was BYU elite. Cody didn't have the schedule that Mitch gets to play against this year. And Cody benefited from that, in my opinion. If BYU's not playing Tulsa in the Armed Forces Bowl and they're playing Nebraska or Boise State or UCLA, maybe that result is different, right? But maybe he raises his game. I don't know. That's the challenge with Mitch Matthews. So to me, yeah, 1,000 yards, uh, big moments. you got to have 10-plus touchdown catches. You, you, th- what does a receiver do the most? you got to score you got to get in the end zone, right? Let's not lean on two dudes coming off injury trying to get in the end zone for BYU the most. Here's why I'm not relying so much on numbers. There, there are a couple of guys that have played in the league, in the NFL, that are like Mitch Matthews. One playing now, one that played not too long ago and had a nice career. That are same prototype. I mean, you, I compare Mitch Matthews to these guys. The first one is Ed McCaffrey, 6'5". 215, a third-round draft pick by the New York Giants in 1991. Ed McCaffrey had a very good NFL career that included a couple of Super Bowls with the Denver Broncos. Coming out of Stanford his senior year, he had 61 catches, like 900 yards, eight touchdowns. The NFL doesn't draft numbers. They draft potential talent, and a ceiling. When you're white and you play at BYU, you got to put up huge he numbers to get noticed. He played at Stanford. Notice. you gotta, you got to put up big numbers. 
Okay, are those numbers big if enough? Mitch puts up 61 and 900, I'm not sure he gets noticed to the degree that he needs to be. Again, it's all about the combine. There's so much more that goes into it. So, yes, Mitch can get noticed nationally, but does he have to have, like, crazy numbers? No, no I don't think I'm so. not saying he has to have crazy numbers. Eric Decker is a good receiver, no? I feel like you're pointing. You're not pointing out the average receiver. You're pointing out like the exceptions in the league, right? What do you mean? I'm pointing out two receivers that I think Mitch plays like right now. What? They have the same type of game, same type of game. Tall, fast, good verticals, yeah, good I, hands. I don't know if Mitch is going to get drafted. He'll be in a camp for sure. For me, that's the number one thing, though. Like to prove that you are elite at BYU, to break the stereotype when there's only four receivers drafted in 30 years. If he's drafted out of BYU. To me, that is elite. But he that's, kind of is the stereotype to a degree, right? The, I, that's what I'm that, saying. That's what I'm saying. He is. So if he can, if he can six, beat six. it, if he can beat it, then that's elite to me. If he gets drafted, so more than a thousand. So yards, tell me what he needs to do to get drafted. Signature moments and a good combine. Bottom line, signature moments, good combine. It'll help. I think. I think you you need numbers. There's. The, like, let's be honest. Mo- most of the guys that get picked are African American in the NFL draft. So to get to stick out, for some dude from Saginaw Valley State got drafted last year. He, I don't know what his number were numbers were. They probably had to be really good they and had a great combine and a great combine. It's true. But for to be elite, yeah, he's got to put up numbers and then signature moments. And BYU has signature games. That's what I'm excited about, and that's a challenge. Because he, Bench Matthews got to meet it. If he meets it, we're going to walk out of September and go, BYU's 2-2 two and two or 3-1 and one because of Mitch Matthews and others. The dude is always open because he's 6'6 and can jump out of the gym. BYU does not take advantage of that, by the way. That's why he, they need to I, uh, in these games. I don't know that Taysom Hill's the quarterback to take advantage of that. Ah, that. Christian Stewart was the quarterback. In fact, the, the average yard, receiving yards per game for Mitch is almost double with Christian versus Taysom Hill from last year. And that's an entirely different conversation, you know. One, Taysom will rush the ball more. Two, Christian had a better arm. The conversation is happening right now on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUS and join BYU Sports Nation. What does Mitch Matthews need to do in 2015 to prove he is elite? At Bridger Hill says, get buckets or touchdowns. <laughs> do the Lavelle leap into the stands after every touchdown and that's get a penalties. Penalty. And outscore Johnny Harleen against Utah in the Las Vegas Bowl. What? Johnny had three. Uh, Johnny had three touchdowns. Bridger Hill's friends with Johnny. Uh, By the way, there's always uh, a, there, there's there always a Harleen. There's bro. the connection right there. <laughs> okay. Again, I, I think we can agree on big moments and big games. That that and they're going to be the on ESPN, man. Yeah. People are going to see Mitch. Up next, a man who has already solidified his eliteness, Shaq Walker, joins the show. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products, simulcast on BYU Radio and BYU TV. The conversation happening right now on Twitter. Follow us at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN. If you miss an episode of BYU Sports Nation, the show is on demand. You can download our podcast on iTunes or the TuneIn app or watch it on BYU Sports Nation, or excuse me, BYUSN.com. Our Twitter question today. What does Mitch Matthews, the senior wide receiver for BYU football, need to do in 2015 to prove he is elite at Dilly Dale, at Dilly Dally? 
He needs to dunk the football through the crossbar after a touchdown to have elite status conferred. You know, I, I want one of those moments. I miss that about college football. Like, just give me some celebration, like the ability to do that. I don't know why yeah. they're so against that. Because now. it's fun, Spencer. You can't have fun in college sports. People used to complain about Miami in the 80s, about the bad boys. Like, oh, there's a showboating in the end zone. I like This is it. America. I like it. I like this jumping the into the stands league. and throwing the football over the crossbar like you're dunking it. I yeah. love that Trust stuff. Trust me, though. If it was free reign, it would be pure chaos. There needs to be rule of law to some degree. I want Mitch Matthews to carry around an American flag after he scores a, an important touchdown. That would be awesome. You know who did do that? <laughs> Our first Guest today in studio, Shaq Walker, NCAA track and field All-American, recent gold medal Gold medal! (laughs) In the 800 meters at the World University Games. Shaq, first of all, congratulations, man. An amazing performance. Thank you. It was just, yeah, it was a good day. It just played out for me perfect. So That's all that happened? It was just, it just played out? (laughs) It really did. It was was windy and they did all the work. I just have to relax and run. (laughs) Oh, wind-aided. I love that in track. You do something great. It's like, well, there was there was wind, you know. That's the ultimate celebration, is it not? Running around with an American flag after you win. Yeah, I I think I've had dreams of doing that, like real dreams. I don't even ever dream, but I think I've had a dream or two of doing that. And then they gave me the flag, and I, was, I didn't even know what to do with it. I was like, oh, oh, flag, stars on the right shoulder, and then it's going to look bright. And it was it was perfect. It felt good. Yeah. <laughs> so so someone hands you a flag. You don't even know who the person is, right? You're just like, cool, give me a flag. <laughs> like, like when someone hands a championship hat to someone? Um, I... It was someone on the staff, but I can't remember who. I was like, I was so, I had so much adrenaline, I didn't even feel like I raced. I was just like, I finally won something. I can't believe this. And then there's a flag coming in, the wind was blowing in, and it hit the ground, and I felt bad. And it was crazy. Well, you've got the medal with you, and mm-hmm. we want to see it. All right, okay. So I'm sorry I didn't bring a gift, first of all. I actually had one planned. I just, you have to forgive me. You, you know, are the gift. A, yeah. uh, we have a reason to bring you back on the show. Look at this. Yeah, that's true. Wow. That's, that's Look the reason. At so this is that gold medal. That's the medal. It's uh, yeah. It's 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 really nice. It's probably the nicest thing I own, actually. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna screenshot this and send it out to our Twitter followers as well for so our I radio listeners. Yeah, and the box is even nice. Like that's how I knew it was gonna be a nice medal when I saw the box. Yeah, when the box is good, you know you're in for some good. Yeah, I was like, Woo. may I hold it? Yeah, yeah. It's got some it. writing sure. on it. it. Says Gwangju 2015. Gwangju, South Korea is where the World University Games were. Uh, on the Spen- back of the medal, Spencer says, went on his mission to South Korea, so he can up translate all this. Yeah, we have very, we have a lot to talk about your trip to South Korea. I know. Korea. Like I, I learned a couple nice. words. I knew how to say hello. Angyaseyao. Yeah, hey, not bad. Angyaseyao, oh. and then kamsamida. Kamsamida. Thank you. Jeremy knows that, right? Yeah, kamsamida. Kajigawa. Hangukmal. That's all I know. That is really nice. I learned to bring it, and so we we ate sushi, Korean sushi in Vegas in March, and I said to the waiter, I said kajigawa. Which but is like, like super <laughs> informal, low form, like, hey, bring it. Bring it now. Please. She's probably like, uh. They laughed at Jerem. They laughed in his face. Oh, they yeah. Yeah. They didn't Luckily, they didn't get mad. <laughs> so when did you first get the invitation to participate in the university games? Um, so I was invited back in March. It was um, at the NCAA, the indoor NCAA championship. I think Coach Ison and I, we were, ex- we were expecting to do a lot better, obviously, back then. I finished 10th, I think, indoors. Um, and so we were expecting to be top three and maybe even the first American. And so um, I think he ended up talking with the coach who was putting it together, who was from UCLA. And he was like, you know, this Shaq kid, he's going to be, you know, one of the best Americans. And he's like, okay, well, yeah, there's these games. Does he want to come? And then I ended up doing awful. And I was just like, 
he already invited me. He can't say no now. <laughs> but luckily it worked out later in the season. Well, he's happy that he invited you for sure. Goodness, so. you're carrying a gold medal right now. Shaq Walker with us on BYU Sports Nation in Studio B. Coming back from South Korea, uh, it's a 15-hour time difference, I believe, from the mountain 16. time zone where you're 16-hour yeah. time difference. <laughs> How are you adjusting back after spending a good deal of time there? Um, so I got back not yesterday, but the day before. And I already feel like normal, I think. Maybe not. I was, I was wide awake at 2 a.m. last night. I was okay, just probably like, not normal. <laughs> I was like super bored. I just started doing random things. Like, it's just, it's just, I'm just so bored. But yeah, I think uh, I feel normal during the day. It was, it was hard going there because like, you have to go. And they're like, okay, we have practice now. And you're like, I just got here last night. I just want to sleep. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was, yeah, I'm okay now. I'm done running, so I have a lot more energy than usual. Tell us some of the fun experiences you had uh, representing not only BYU, but uh, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, United States, all yeah. of that. I think it was just a funny trip. There's so many great – I mean, between South Koreans just love Americans. I think I was telling you about that. They just – they love – they're just like, picture, picture, picture. I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> they make you feel good about yourself. Um, another super fun experience. We, we had the opportunity to go to a Korean sacrament meeting out there. Um, so well, we were there for two Sundays, so we went, we went twice. Um, but there was this, this lady that we walked in and I think they announced, I guess there was like a translator telling us, he's, they were like, we have some visitor from America and everyone in the church was just like, they just turned back. A couple people stood up, like took a picture of us <laughs> in the middle of the second, I was like, Oh, this is, this is super funny. I'm going to do and that then, this Sunday. It was so funny. And then a lady she gets our name, and surely enough, she shows up at the track. She doesn't speak any English, but she just has our names written on a piece of paper in big letters, and she just holding it up and just <laughs> held it up. <laughs> and it was—I mean, it was just super funny, and super cool. There's, there were a couple of really good experiences there, though. Fantastic, Shaq Walker, gold medal winner in the 800 meters at the World University Games. When did you know during that race, I'm going to win? Um, this, this probably sounds, I don't know. Usually I get a feeling pretty early in a race if I'm going to win. Um, I don't know if it's like a confidence issue or what, but I wouldn't call that an issue <laughs> <laughs> or like maybe it comes down to confidence, but I think 250 meters into the race, I knew I was going to win because the, the guy, it was, there were 30 mile per hour wins, which is why the time was, wow. was slow. Um, if you watch the, the video, my Jersey is like blowing off of me before, um, but, yeah, it was extremely windy, and the guy who had the fastest time coming in, he was from South Africa. Um, he's going to be representing them in the world championships. He just led it. Um, he didn't lead it extremely fast. It was 54 seconds, and because I was behind him, he was blocking the win. It felt like 54 to me, but it probably felt like 51 to him. And so right away I was like, oh, like I never thought this would happen because I thought I was going to have to do all the work. And I was like, I'm going to win now. I'm gonna, I feel great. I'm going to feel great. And I think that's where that burst came from at the end. Describe the feeling when you cross the finish line and you realize, I just, I just won this thing, and I'm in South Korea, and this is awesome. So I, uh, I think I told you before, I made a promise to myself. I was like, I'll never celebrate after a race. I just think it looks bad for some reason. Like, it's not me. It's not my personality. I was so excited. I couldn't help. I didn't even mean to. My arms just went up. I finished. I was like, oh, no. Like, that's, <laughs> I've only ever done that once. That was when the 4x4 broke the school record, and we ran 303. So I was just, I mean... It was an amazing feeling, especially it's okay. the flag. I think I, it's okay for you to celebrate for pinnacle moments, yeah, why, why don't you want to celebrate? I don't know. Like, what I imagine in my head, like, I guess maybe one of the reasons when I lose and people celebrate, I hate it. I'm like, 
okay. they're just celebrating and I'm sitting here lost, just lost. I'm happy for them, but at the same time, I'm like, I wish they wouldn't celebrate so much. And so, I don't know. I just, I just felt like it wasn't me, but I couldn't help it. I was super happy. It was a miracle. Now, now you've been off your mission how long? Almost a year. Like two weeks is my year mark. Almost a year. Okay. So you set the school record. Uh, you do pretty good. You take, what, fifth in the 800? You're an All-American. Now, you're an All-American, and you just won the World University Games. This is, you've been off your mission a year. You aren't peaking right now, are you? You can do better, right? That's <laughs> I, pretty good. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm really excited for this next year. I, I've, I sat down with Coach Eyestone yesterday, and we're just shooting for the stars now. Like, I mean, things are, like, even though this, you know, this race was really big, this World University Games, but even before that, I feel like um, I was at the USA Championships after NCAAs, and I finished sixth place, which is, I mean, it's cool to win World University Games, but I never, you know, I never looked at myself as one of the best in America, and so to finish sixth place amongst um, several Olympians in that race and uh, several Olympians in the field, um, that race is the Olympic trials next year, and so if I can make that, if I do the same thing, sorry, the same thing next year that I did this year, then I should be, you know, I should have a really good shot to, to make the team, especially if I think I just focus on getting stronger and um, a, a bigger aerobic base and just being healthy until next year and being patient with it. I, I hope there's more good to come. I, I feel like there could be. <laughs> Did you in your wildest coming off of your mission think that you could legitimately run for Team USA in the 2016 Summer Olympics? I mean, think about um, that. Did you really think that you could do that? Maybe you did. No, no, no. I didn't think it was realistic, but, like, I'm, I'm one of those people that just likes to set crazy goals, even though I most of the time don't even know if I believe I'll actually it'll happen. So it was like one of those where I wouldn't tell anyone. Like, I would never say, yeah, I want to run in the 2016 Olympics. But if someone would ask, do you want to run in the Olympics one day? I'd be like, that's the dream. Yeah, yeah, that's the dream. But, I mean, it's... How much it's, of a dream is it now, though? I mean, look what you've done over the past. This is if you coming write closer down, and closer to a reality. You write it down, yeah. it's a goal. I did. I, that's what I was saying. I wrote it and I'm stuck. I like writing, posting things all over my wall, all, all over my room. And so it worked this year. So I, I was, I'm in the process of doing that for next year's goals. But, I mean, as much as how much of a dream is it, it's, it still sounds like a dream. Like if someone tells me, uh, take sixth place at USA, a year home from a mission, fifth in NCAAs, and then win the World University Games when you're just, like, really tired. That still sounds like a dream. Like, <laughs> I guess it's reality now, but it still sounds like a dream, you know? And so it's it's still the dream. <laughs> um, it just seems like it can happen now. And so I just have to just stay focused and just keep doing what I've been doing, I think. So how in the 800 meters specifically, I assume that's the event that you would try to make. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, what, how many qualify? If you took sixth, how many? Would... Oh, how many qualify to the championship? So in all of them, sorry, to the Olympic team. Oh, three, three. Yeah. So you would need to be in the top three next year. Yeah. So I would need to be two spots better. I would need to be three spots better. Yeah, six, fourth, fifth, fifth, eighth. Yeah, six. So three it's, spots better. it's one race, mm-hmm. and you need to be in the top three in that yeah. race. Yep. So I, I just need to get to the exact same stage next year that I was in three weeks ago, and then finish three spots higher. And so it's what, so What's the difference close. in six? six yeah, what to kind third? of a time difference are we talking about? Um, from what I ran in that race, I would have needed to be 1.3 seconds faster. Um, there was, I, I'm not the kind of guy who likes to make excuses. I, I kind of tripped up at the end. Um, well, was, was tripped up at the end. Um, and Controversy! So, <laughs> no, I don't want to call out Ryan Martin. But <laughs> <laughs> 
he's, a, he's a great guy. We love him. You don't want to call a, him out, but you just He's a great runner. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, I think I, I think I would have been like a half a second off, half a second off the the team. Um, even if I ran the day, the time that I ran the day before, I would have been 0.2 seconds off the team. And so next year it'll probably take faster because it's an Olympic year. But I plan on running. I, next year I don't want to be like, okay, if I run my best time that I've run so far, I'll make the team. I want to be like, if I run a second slower than I've run so far, I'll still make the team. So just have a little more breathing room. And so that's that's the goal next year to be really fit, ready to run extremely fast, and then show up for the for the trials. That would be amazing because we anticipate that uh, Taylor Sander will be on Team USA. Yeah. with volleyball. Everyone if, knew him if, at the World University Games, by the way. Really? Yeah, volleyball guys get in the elevator from BYU. You know Taylor Sander? Yeah, yeah, I know him. <laughs> well, because I, I, I think a lot a lot of those guys were Stanford and Irvine. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and so. they didn't do as well as you did over there. <laughs> unfortunately, I was hoping Team USA would do better. Oh, they didn't no. have any BYU guys, so hey, well BYU, we yeah. needed it. You know? Shaq Walker with us in Studio B. <laughs> uh, we cannot let you go before we ask. How has your testimony of the BYU Sports Nation karma grown? Oh, over the past year. You know what? Oh, I'm, boy. I'm not kidding. It's, I was thinking about this after nationals. I was like, okay, well, I need to, I need to just get in. I need to get in this sports nation. Did they get me in there? <laughs> like it's weird. Every time after a race, I'm like, and then they're like, you know, BYU Sports Nation. Like they, 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 you can go on there and you can talk to the guys. I'm like, whoa, they said they were gonna have me back, and I ran well. Every time you say I'm gonna have you back, it goes well. So everyone. Mm. These two, they're prophetic. They say something, it's going to happen. <laughs> it's the show. Oh, it's the show. The yeah. show, it's good luck. It's good luck show. It really That's is. what we call it. It helps that you're an amazing athlete. That but, too. Well, yeah. that, that always helps. We don't, we don't, no, in, we don't invite <laughs> bad athletes onto the show for a good reason. Shaq, always great to talk to you. Congratulations you. again on the gold medal. And yeah, awesome. uh, don't forget your Twitter password because you're, you're starting to gain some more traction there. Oh, I, I'm starting to like Twitter. I can't believe I didn't even have one. Like... Is, is your, Welcome your to 2015, it's, dude. It's like the real world. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a gold in his hands. He has solidified his eliteness within BYU track and field. Shaq Walker up next. The national champion quarterback at BYU, Blaine Fowler, joins our elite conversation. I want that gold. Sports friends, we welcome you back to Studio B. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan doing it live in Radio Vision on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Shaq. Walker is awesome. I love that guy. Get your hands on some BYU Sports Nation swag. Go to BYUstore.com. Search BYU Sports Nation or Blue Goggles. You can get your own pair of BYU Sports Nation Blue Goggles or a BYU Sports Nation t-shirt. Get this stuff. Jerem Rockin' the get, Slim Fit Blue get, Goggles. Thank you, Brian Logan. To get ready for the 2015 football season, which, by the way, is just around the corner. We're excited. I can't believe it. Let's refresh today's BYU Sports Nation Everyone headlines. thought we were going to roll the countdown. They thought the countdown, the countdown yep, was yep. coming. Psych! Audible! Yeah. False cadence. Intention to deceive. Yeah. <laughs> 10-yard penalty on BYU. Yeah. That was so good, we can't allow it. The Bolitnikoff Award watch list is out. Given each year to the best receiver in all of college football, Mitch Matthews, the senior for BYU, is on that list of 48. Hashtag elite. Okay. BYU's all-time leading receiver in catches, yards, TDs, and all-purpose yards. Cody Hoffman on the Montreal Alouettes. I can't even remember how. Alouettes? Alouettes. I can't even remember how to say it the other way because you've got it into my head so much. He has an ankle injury, six-week disabled list. Not good. Tyler Hawes and the Cleveland Cavaliers Summer League team played tonight, 10 Eastern. Brandon Davies started for the San Antonio Spurs Summer League team yesterday, played 19 minutes, had four points, four rebounds. 
couple of assists and a steal and a win over Portland. If you said that sentence like in five months, that would have a very different meaning. Brandon Davies on the Spurs. Oh. Ladies got next. Jennifer Hampson, the LA Sparks, play today against Seattle at Key Arena in downtown Seattle. Tremendous arena. Three Eastern time in a WNBA matinee. Part of a quadruple header of WNBA action. Don't miss it. <laughs> Blaine Fowler, national championship quarterback at BYU and BYU TV football analyst, joining the show again. Blaine, welcome back to the show. Where are you right now? I am uh, the Charlotte, North Carolina Bureau this week. I like to bring the show around the country, and so I'm the one that goes on remote every week and brings it from wherever. And so I'm right across the street from Time Warner Arena, where the 2017 NBA All-Star game will take place. Mm. So. A man truly embracing the idea of BYU Sports Nation. Okay, Blaine, so we have, uh, we've been discussing Mitch Matthews again because the Bolitnikoff Award watch list came out. He's one of the 48 on the list. What does Mitch Matthews have to do to prove in 2015 he is an elite college receiver? So when we talk about elite, are we talking about prove enough to get drafted? Is that what we're talking about here? That is the question, isn't it? What is elite? Because Spencer for me, been, for yeah. me, that's it. There's there's only been four wide receivers at BYU drafted in the last thirty years. So, yeah, that, I, so for I, me, I that think, would be elite. Yeah, and I think that that well, definitely, if we're going to put them in that company. So I'm trying to figure who they are. So you've got Austin Collie, obviously, and you've got uh, Watkins, and then two guys that I played with, Bellini and uh, Kozlowski, and also Glenn Kozlowski. Is there any others? Is that it? Is it those four? That is it. Wow. Yeah, those are the four that came to the top of my head. And and, and so it's an interesting thing, because I'm not so sure it's about numbers for Mitch this year. He had good numbers last year. It's 73 catches, 922 yards. That's what's gotten him on the Blitnikoff watch list this year. But as, as NFL scouts start to watch him in his senior season, they look for more specific things. So as a big receiver at 6'6", they're looking to see when he's playing against high-level corners and high-level safeties, which he gets a chance to do this year because they're playing against some, some guys on some of these teams that they're playing in the first month of the year that are NFL-caliber talent at defensive back, can he get off the ball? Can he get off of press coverage? Is he strong enough at 6'6 and 215? that in the NFL, like if you're playing the Seahawks and they're going to come up and get in your face and they're going to jam you at the line of scrimmage and try to mess with you in that first five yards, does he have the quickness to get away from defenders and does he have the strength to keep them at arm's length and to be able to get open against high-level competition? That's what they're looking for because the, the measurables that he would have if he, if he goes to the combine, which I believe he'll get invited to the combine if he has a decent year, those will all be off the charts, especially at his, at his height. His vertical will be crazy good. His 40, I think he's a lot faster than people um, that people know. I think he's got great speed, not just great speed for a 6'6 guy, but great speed, period. So all of those things are going to look great, and it'll come down to, okay, do we think he's physical enough to play in a league where the DBs have great quickness and great strength at the line of scrimmage and lock into you and not let you get off the ball? That's what I'm watching for this year. How good does he do that? Some fantastic points you bring up, and I, I want to reiterate what, what you just said, and that is he needs to have a good year to get invited to the Combine. Okay, Because there's, there's a difference between being invited to the Combine and just having a good pro day at BYU. If you have a good Combine and you're invited there, that's where the numbers that Jaron was talking about earlier come in, Jaron. Like, if you have 1,000 yards receiving, you're going to get invited to the Combine. Yeah, I, in my opinion, Blaine, uh, in addition to those, those things which mean the most for NFL draftability, I think he's got to have at least 1,000 yards. Uh, I think he's got to have 
you know, 75-plus catches. Those are within range. But we'll know in September if he's an elite receiver or not, in my opinion, because he's going to play against some NFL-caliber defenses, Blaine. And, you know, you know, the other thing is that you get exposure um, and people start to look a little harder at you when your team is really good. So if BYU can somehow come out of the month of September in a good position and be nationally ranked, where, where they're just top of mind for people. And I know NFL scouts, they look everywhere. They look at you know Mississippi Valley State for Pete's sake and get Jerry Rice. So they look everywhere. But there's something, too, getting invited to the combine that goes along with your team being there in the spotlight a lot and people going, oh, you know what, that guy's good. Let's take a closer look. Oh, man, that team's good. Let's take a closer look. And so I think his team can help him. And so if you end up being the top guy and the go-to guy on a very good football team, and you've played well against high-level competition, now you get invited to the combine. And, and the, the things that they measure there, and not just vertical and, and his you know, three-cone drill and, and all those kinds of things, but his hands are gigantic. They measure receivers' hands. I mean, he's going to come out right on top on that. He'll do well on the Wonderlick test. He'll do great in the interviews. So he's a combine dream. He'll do great at the combine. So then I think it does come back to, you know, I think the biggest question for him is, how is he in terms of strength and getting off the ball at a high level? And if he can do those things, I, I think he can project into the next level and play in the NFL. Blaine Fowler with us on BYU Sports Nation, our BYU TV football analyst and insider. Who's the most NFL-ready player on this BYU team, Blaine? I think Mason Hill could play in the NFL tomorrow at like three different positions. <laughs> so that's a, I, don't know, I don't know if he's ready to be an NFL quarterback yet. But I think he's the kind, you know, we talk about Tim Tebow going into the league, and I think that, that Taysom is a, uh, has better mechanics throwing the football and all those, those than, than Tim Tebow did. He's a better athlete he's fast- than Tim Tebow, in my opinion. But he's not going to win the Heisman he, or a National Championship trophy. No, he's faster than Tim Tebow. So, so his skill set, just from a pure physical skill set, and I think of, you know, you think about Ziggy Ansah getting drafted in the first round. That wasn't what about, about what he produced at BYU in any way, shape, or form. They just looked at this freak and said, oh, my gosh, he projects. He, he has got this unbelievable upside. So I think Taysom Hill can play in the NFL, whether it's a quarterback or another position. He's most, one of the most ridiculous athletes that's ever been in the state of Utah. Um, I don't know if he's NFL ready to play quarterback. But we're going to see this year about his decision-making, how quick the ball's coming out, and does he make all those right decisions. There's a big mental game. I'm in the NFL for quarterbacks, and how accurate are his throws going to be? I think we're going to see an NFL-ready guy by the end of the year in Taysom Hill, and I think I think if he can stay healthy, he'll get drafted as a quarterback in the NFL. So the spotlight will be on him. He, he's the obvious he's the obvious choice. But I also think that um, you know a, a guy like uh, Mitch Matthews has a chance to get some attention and be ready to play in the NFL as well. Where does Bronson Kafusi fit in that conversation? Do you? You know, Bronson is kind of a mystery because they've been messing around with him position-wise the last couple of years. And I think we're going to see him get his hand on the ground and rush off the end this year. And, uh, and that's where I think he's projected in the NFL. How many, and I don't know the answer to this, so I'm asking you guys this. I, my, my guess is zero. How many six, seven linebackers are there in the NFL? I, if there's one, I'd be surprised. And so they've been playing him out there in a position that – is not his physical dimensions don't fit the NFL game. Uh, there's a reason six seven guys don't play linebacker because they typically don't have the hips to turn and run in coverage. Now he's a really gifted athlete. I think that if he puts some pounds on, which he's been doing, and he gets his hand on the ground, it shows that he can rush off of the end. 
that he has potential to play. But this year, if they play him consistently there, is his chance to, to make a mark and for people to take a really close look at him, and that's where I think he fits. I don't think he fits as a linebacker in the NFL. I certainly think he has a talent to play defensive end in the NFL. We talked to Brady Papinga yesterday, and he compared Bronson's game or what he wants Bronson's game to be like to that of Julius Peppers, where he's kind of playing like four or five different positions on the line. He's rushing off the edge, standing up, whatever. The fact of the matter is he won't solely be a linebacker for BYU this year. Of the guys that are designated linebackers, which of them do you feel will have a breakout impact season? I mean, right to the top of my mind comes Sione Takitaki. And, and the reason he does, first of all, his combination of athleticism, speed, and size. You see, you know, everybody thinks about Fred Warner, but Fred Warner is unbelievably athletic, but he still needs to get a little bit bigger. Takitaki's already 240, and he runs really well. He rushes the passer probably better than anybody on, on this BYU football team. You could argue that or Kafusi. If you put Kafusi down, I think that'd be a big battle. But last year, I don't think he had a clue of what he was doing, and that's not a negative thing. I just, I think he was young. They threw him in there. He wasn't quite sure what he was supposed to do. But when they put him in situations where they just said, hey, go get that guy, he was unbelievable. He was almost unblockable. And so I think now with 11 games under his belt last year that he played in and an ability to be in an offseason and to learn, he comes into this season with that physical skill set now understanding the game better and where he fits in the defense. I think that by the end of the year, we're going to go, wow, this is a big-time linebacker for BYU that can impact games. Tanner Mangum will be uh, mentioned quite a bit this season. Hopefully, Taysom Mills stays healthy. But as we've learned the last couple of years, the backup needs to be ready just in case, at any position for that matter, let alone quarterback. So if you had a uh, sit-down conversation with Tanner Mangum right before fall camp, what's, what's the first thing you're talking to Tanner Mangum about? Well, he has to prepare every single solitary practice like he's the guy. So, so that's the first thing. And so there's this really fine balance. You've got to prepare every practice like you're the guy. Believe me, I know that. I had to do that for a lot of years, playing behind some really, really good guys. So, and you don't know when you're going to get an opportunity to play, whether it's against Michigan for a national championship or against Colorado State or whoever it is, and whether it's for him against Nebraska or, or even against, uh, is it Wagner they're playing from Staten Island? I can't even yep. remember. So, so it doesn't matter what that game is or when it comes. You've got to prepare like you're the guy every single solitary week. You got to be disciplined in film work. You've got to everything that you do. You got to try to get better as if you're going to start that game. But then the balance comes. You can't get frustrated when the games come and go and you're not the guy. Um, and and I had a really good visit with his parents. Uh, I think I ran into him in an airport. You know, I'm in enough airports. I run into a lot of people in airports, but. Um, and I loved their mentality. I, I think that they've got a really, really good perspective. And they said, boy, the last thing we want to have happen is for Taysom to get hurt and for him to have to play before he's ready to play. What they would love is for him to be in a backup role, play significant minutes, learn the game, watch from a great player, understand the offense, and then play the next year. And, and I think that with parents that have that kind of mentality, a very, very good perspective, that are behind the scenes with him, I think that he's not going to have a problem thinking he should be out on the field as a freshman. And that's a great thing. So he'll have a chance to develop. The key for him is keep, you know, keep Taysom healthy, let him develop, and then he has a chance to be really, really good. But he's got to prepare as a freshman like he's going to play every week. So the preparation piece, he needs to learn exactly how Taysom does it and follow that pattern every single week as if he's the guy. 
Blaine Fowler representing BYU Sports Nation in Charlotte, North Carolina. And we are happy to report, Blaine. Zero, Zero beeps! beeps! And he How's that, How's that, Has that ever happened? Is that a new record? <laughs> An elite interview with Blaine Fowler and zero phone beeps. Never happened before. I just can't even believe it. I'm so excited I can't even tell you. You that. need to call from Charlotte more often. <laughs> I'm going to do it. Blaine, great to talk to you. No, I need, I, need to get in, I need to get in there with you guys. Every time we're, we're on the phone and I'm around the country, I keep getting excited for the season to get there when I'm in studio with you guys every week because that's a lot more fun. I'm, you- I'm glad to do it over the phone, but... Hey, we're getting close. We're bearing down on when we're in studio and we're talking about games, which I can't wait. It's exciting. You have an open invitation to Studio B all the time. Blaine, great to talk to you, man. All right, guys. Talk to you later. I can't believe it. Zero beeps. I can't believe it. Zero beeps from Blaine Fowler. Coincidence that it's the day we're talking about Mitch Matthews and Elite? I think not. I have no idea what kind of connection that has. What are you talking about? (laughs) I don't either, but whatever. (laughs) Up next, more or less Mitch Match Edition. BYU Sports Station presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Spencer Linton, Jerem Jordan, live in Studio B. If you miss an interview with, say, Shaq Walker or Blaine Fowler from earlier today or earlier this week with one Dennis Pitta who thinks I'm dead weight, you can go to YouTube.com slash Sports and download these interviews. They are awesome. But contrasting opinions there from uh, you and Dennis. You're the self-proclaimed most important part of the show, and he's calling you dead weight. Well, we'll see about that. The, the battle Dennis, rages. don't call me Pita Pit Pita. <laughs> Our Twitter question, what does Mitch Matthews need to do in 2015 to prove he is elite? I'll tell you this much. You can't teach his size and athleticism. More of this debate coming up later. Right now, we need to play more or less. More or less. On BYU Sports Nation. It's a Mitch Match edition of More or Less, all about Mitch Matthews, specifically projecting numbers that he will or will not have this upcoming season. Number one. More or less than 1,000 receiving yards in 2015. Jerem, take it away. I'll go less. Uh, I think he had 922 against a decent, uh, against a lesser schedule last year. I, I don't think he needs a 1,000 yards to validate a good season. Now, elite, yes, but I'll, I'll go less. I won't be surprised if he has more, though. I won't be surprised if he has 1,200. I'm going to say more, not by much, but I'm going to say more than a 1,000 yards. He was really close last year. I think Mitch can get 80 more yards and break the 1,000-yard mark this season. He's a senior. I think there will be an emphasis for Taysom to throw the ball more to Mitch Matthews. I think he needs to get a 1,000 yards for BYU to have a, a good season. They need him to be in position to do that. Number two. More or less than 10 receiving touchdowns. I'll go more on this one because he had nine last year, just one more. More? Well, it's more or less than 10. More or less than 10? Less. Okay. Okay. Because he'll get 10. It's a tougher schedule. Getting into the end zone will be a little harder. There's a lot of love to go around. So I'm I'm actually going to say less on this one. There's there's a deep receiving core. So in terms of like touchdowns and red zones, I'm going to say less than 10 touchdowns. Number three. Letting that sink in for just a second. Spencer went less. <laughs> More or less than four 100-yard receiving games. I'll go less. I think the t- competition is stiff, um, and that it's going to be hard to get a hundy uh, in four different games. To have 1,000 yards. More or less than four, and definitely less. To have 1,000 yards receiving, I, I'm going to go, ooh, it's right there. I, I think like it's going to be four. Okay, that's when you know the line is good. When you're like, right <laughs> Okay, yeah. To have 1,000 yards, I think Mitch is going to have to have some big games. I think he can have five big games against this schedule. He can have five big games. 
There are enough. Maybe he'll have 200 against Wagner. I don't know. <laughs> he'll be pulled in the second <laughs> quarter. There's no way. It all starts on September 5th. Countdown to the Cornhuskers. 52 days and 24 days until BYU's first practice on August 8th. 52 days away from an actual Woo. game. 24 days away from an actual practice. Football season is right around the corner. Three and a half weeks until... And that's not even with snark. Fall game. <laughs> it's actually Usually getting close. Usually straight line It's you. getting close. Tyler Haas back in action. That's just part of the Cougar Whip Round next on BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation presented in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whiparound. Football. Mitch Matthews was named to the Blitnikoff Award watch list. The award is given to the nation's most elite of the elite. Some would say this means Mitch is elite. I do not quite yet. Cougars in the CFL, eh? Cody Hoffman has been placed on the six-week disabled list for the Montreal Alouettes. With an ankle injury, we wish him a speedy recovery. Cougars in the association. Brandon Davies started for the San Antonio Spurs Summer League team last night. Four points, four boards, two assists, one steal, and 19 minutes of playing a win against Portlandia. Tyler Haas in action tonight with the Cavaliers, 10 Eastern, Jen Hampson, and the L.A. Sparks. Play the Seattle Storm today at 3 Eastern. <laughs> Soccer. After Real Colorado forfeited, BYU men's soccer gets a win. First win of the year. They will play the Real Monarchs today at Southfield at 9.30 p.m. Eastern in place of Real Colorado. Yeah. Riley Nelson joining the show very soon. The former BYU quarterback. And that is right. Is it tomorrow or Friday? That is. It is tomorrow. tomorrow. How about that? Shea Martinez, bronze medalist in the World University Games, also joining the show. Brian Keel back for another Fast Friday. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help when you need it most. DexterLaw.com. Who gets it? Shaq Walker. Hold up, hold up the sign. I'm going to be like the Korean lady. Shaq. Just in the crowd. <laughs> but, but straight faced. What does Mitch Matthews need to do in 2015 to prove he is elite? Bring on our elite tweet of the day. This has nothing to do with Mitch, but at GK Thurston asks, <laughs> can I get some BYU Sports Station karma for my chemistry research? Absolutely you can, Glenn. Yeah. Do that chemistry research. Get that chemistry! Thanks to Shaq Walker, Blaine Fowler, and everyone on our crew. The conversation continues 24-7 using the hashtag BYUSN.com. Woohoo! That's not a thing. It's just hashtag BYUSN. go fast, go hard. Our show on demand, BYUSN.com. Hey. Podcast on iTunes and the TuneIn app for Jeremiah Spencer.